Hello, I'm Georgina Robinson. And I'm Tom Deason. Welcome to the Rugby World Cup Daily. Coming to you from Japan every day throughout the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Hello, rugby listeners. Welcome to another Rugby World Cup Daily. We apologise for missing an episode. The first episode we've missed all World Cup, but there are extreme circumstances um, over here in Japan. Tommy, you're with me, but where are you? I don't know, G. I don't know at this point. It's been a <laughs> chaotic day. Uh, no, I'm in Shizuoka region somewhere outside a train station about to board uh, a train back to my hotel. We've just been at Wallabies Captain's Run at the stadium where they were playing Georgia on Friday. But uh, yeah, just about to catch a train and with the great Dan Gilhooly from AAP and uh, yeah, just scrambling our way through uh, what has been a pretty, pretty frantic day. What have you been doing? AAP's um, Australian Associated Press, it's a wire service, um, which means it's a, a media service that um, employs lots of pretty brilliant journos um, to distribute uh, stories out to, um, you know, every media outlet kind of in Australia and New Zealand who has a subscription. And Dan is like the token Kiwi in the uh, Wallabies media pack, isn't he? He's a, he's a, he he's a nice guy. He's doing well, kind of, you know, copying, copying all of the Australian uh, shenanigans. Oh, can you hear that bullet train? I heard a little, it sounded like a whistle. That's all it was. That's a, wow. That, that's quick. Yeah, to paint a picture, we've got our uh, <laughs> luggage as well. We had to take that to the ground, store it in the media centre because we haven't checked into our hotel yet, which is on the other side of town, which is not ideal. But uh, Fun and games. You're in Tokyo, aren't I'm you? In, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in the big smoke still. So we were we were obviously both supposed to travel to Shizuoka today, but um, when World Rugby and Rugby World Cup Limited decided to hold this briefing session uh, on Thursday in Tokyo, we decided one of us should stay behind and we sort of found out late on Wednesday night. Um, well, you wrote the uh, story, which, didn't you? Uh, I, I did, Tommy. I did. Or me yeah, and Chris for the Daily due. Mail. But oh, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, just a just a snout um, delivered delivered a little gem that indeed uh, World Rugby uh, was going to cancel one of the big games, which is England France, and um, big because it's a blockbuster <clears throat> between the two top teams, but uh, also basically big in an Australian context because it decides it would decide who Australia would play um, in the quarterfinal mm. if Australia you know was go- was to, was to go on and qualify so that happened we found out then today that um, Ireland Scotland the final pool game and also a bit of a blockbuster uh, because they're both teams that that could um, qualify um, would go ahead tentatively unless ruled otherwise Um but then also that New- the New Zealand-Italy game would mm. be cancelled, would be a casualty. And this is turning out to be the interesting one because while you might look at that game, size up the teams and go, well, you know, what chance is Italy anyway? Um, the, they've really taken the news terribly 
hard. Connor O'Shea, their Irish coach, um, spoke late this afternoon here on, on Thursday in Tokyo and said, you know, the, the team's just devastated uh, because they were still a mathematical chance. If they did beat the All Blacks, you know, they would qualify. Um, and, and while while very few people would think that likely, um, it was still a chance. And, you know, this team, I guess, this is their grand final, isn't it? This is their chance um, to to put everything on the line, leave nothing in the tank and, and have a red-hot crack at New Zealand. So they've been denied that. Um, yeah, which and, – and Connor O'Shea just spoke really powerfully about, you know, how tough that is. Um, yeah. What, what yeah. was the mood, though? Like, I, you know, we just saw photos from down here with world rugby types, um, you know, with, with pictures of this bloody typhoon and – like, what, what was the sense in the room there amongst the journos who were, you know, particularly the English guys who were just, uh, I think this is absolute chaos. Yeah, ca- chaos was the word. Like, I mean, if I had a, if I had a pound uh, for every time an English journo shattered the word, word chaos and wiped their brow, their pasty little brow, you know, I'd be a wealthy woman. I'd be taking my husband to the Park Hyatt bar. Um, but it wasn't chaotic. But the problem was while a couple of us were writing with certainty that at least one game was absolutely certainly cancelled, others were still being told by world rugby types in the morning that no decisions had been made. So, um, you know, world rugby, I guess, just wanted to keep their powder dry for as long as possible. Um, So, you know, when when, um, Alan um, Gilpin finally uh, came in and and uh, delivered the news it was you know it, it, I don't think it was a shock but it was certainly I mean it's unprecedented it's never happened in World Cup history that matches have been cancelled and um, and matches that have and, and matches that have a real impact and my hot tip is that the games on Sunday um, in the affected areas will not go ahead. Um, I, I don't see mm. unless unless this typhoon really drops off or veers course, changes course in the next twenty four to forty eight hours. I you know I can't see Yokohama Stadium being in any state to or its surrounds and its transport system to kind of host a fixture of that magnitude, that Japan Scotland game, um, which will. So I mean, Scotland, this is bye the story bye. to watch. Scotland bye-bye for only the second time. They've made every single World Cup, and it will be the only second time since 1987 um, that they didn't make the knockouts. So that's really, really, really big news. Um, and they're going to give it every chance. Organisers are going to wait till Sunday morning. Um, but the, the last typhoon to hit the area, Typhoon um, Faxi, um, hit a different area, a, a prefecture called Chiba. It, uh, it was a third of the size. Um, a little more intense and concentrated, but still a third of the size. And it took train services several days to get up and running again. Um, houses down in that area, some still don't have roofs on them. They've got tarpaulins <coughs> across. Uh, and, and electricity was still cut some weeks after the event in some areas. So we're kind of – it's it's not tiddlywinks and – when you talk about the reaction of the Italian team, um, as much as everyone must feel for them and will feel for them, there is a real sense here in Tokyo that Rugby World Cup organisers never had a choice. 
you know, I mean, one person, one person needs to die because the tournament's pressing on with its plans um, to make a mockery of any kind of criticism that they've gone too far or weren't prepared enough or weren't prepared to, you know, have contingencies. There, there is no contingency for this. Um, it's pool games. Tournament rules say that you can't, um, that if a match can't be played, it has to be cancelled, ruled a nil-nil draw, and both teams awarded two points. Um, and and, and the, the tournament director did actually admit that they did, they did think about and go through uh, the ramifications of maybe breaking with that, breaking that rule and trying to reschedule games, and it was just too, too big a logistical challenge, and and they also made the point that if we do it for one game, we need to do it for all. And for consistency and fairness, we need to cancel the ones we need to cancel and then make the call on the others on Sunday. Sorry, do I feel right, like I've talked for 20 right. minutes. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no, fill, fill us in. Like, it's, it's um, no, that's, that's good, good stuff. But, like, I mean, we were just discussing before we started recording, you're going to have to make a call when you come down for the Georgia game. Uh, we're going to have to make a call when we leave uh, Shizuoka to make sure we get back to Tokyo, whether or not we do that, hotels, all sorts of things need to be sorted. But, uh, you know, you feel very sorry for at least the fans. You know, like the major teams aren't too concerned, aside from the fact that some of them won't play and might get knocked out of the World Cup. But, you know, fans who have spent thousands of dollars um, on yeah. being here are going to be deprived of a chance. You know, for example, the New Zealand game, I have a friend who's over and she, uh, you know, won't get to see them play. Just say another game, but um, it has it's, yeah. it, it's unprecedented, as you said. I'm now and on the train, and they'll get tickets. Okay, they'll get tickets refunded. Um, look, we said we'd take you all uh, right to the action, right into the action, and there we are. This is the this is the daily grind of a touring journalist on trains, walking, walking miles. I don't miles, even know if I'm the right one. Holding suitcases. Oh Jesus, do your best, Tommy. <laughs> And I, mi- and um, I missed but, one you know, train and, and stop today as well and ended up in a different uh, city. So, look, all good. Continue. Kicking, kicking <laughs> goals. Um, well, I mean, what are the, like, what are the, does it affect the Wallabies at all? Because well, they're kind of, they're kind of sitting pretty, really nailing a quarterfinal spot um, and certain now, well, out of, out of the Typhoon's path and certain now of their opposition. So can get an early jump on, um, on some analysis, is there, you know, what are they thinking? Are they are they going to bunker down in Shizuoka, or will they leave leave Shizuoka the morning after the match as planned? Basically, there's three options. Well, I'll list them in one, two, three. Number one is to get a train, a bullet train, at two thirty p.m. on the Saturday, the day after their game. Now, they're told that that storm's not going to hit until about 6 o'clock on Saturday. So, if that stays as is, um, they can get on a train, get back to Tokyo, where they're going to stay for two nights before heading to Oita for the quarterfinal. That's what they can do. Number two, back up, is a bus. They can just get on a big coach, and uh, someone will drive them to Tokyo in the morning. So, it would just obviously mean no sleep-ins for the lads and ladies and the support staff. And... Uh, option three is they can stay down here if they want to. Obviously, that's not ideal, but uh, player safety, they won't be taking any chances. So they're their three options at the moment, yeah. Wow. I, I don't see why anyone would be leaving it until uh, 2.30 on Saturday afternoon when the storm's forecast to hit any time from 3 p.m. I don't 
Um, with you know, and there's basically a six-hour margin of error there, but I'd I'd be um, I'd be getting out of there earlier for sure. Yeah, look, I don't mind a punt from time to time, and I would be banking on them uh, trying to get that coach as soon as possible. I think there's even some forecast on the Friday night for the game here. It's going to be quite wet and wild. Like you know, it's not just a typhoon doesn't just arrive and be sunny. During the day, and they go bang. Like it's going to be a nasty evening anyway. Like build up, storm yeah. And then yeah. a big build up. And as we know, trains here are the first things that will go. Uh, there was a sign today on the Shinkansen as I was going down to uh, Shizuoka saying that, look, in the fair income department, don't come down here on a, on a, on the Saturday or the Sunday, and, and don't use public transport. And that are the early warnings because, as we know, it they will just simply stop. So you don't want to be travelling and get caught in between. Yeah. And listen, what's Japanese for fair income, Tom? Sorry, just cutting out there. I, I haven't, haven't got that translation yet, but uh, I'll endeavour to on this hour and a half train <laughs> trip at some point and come back to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, listen, the Wallabies uh, captain's run wasn't without drama. I saw some of some of your tweets um, from Ecopa Stadium. What's What's happening there? Yeah, so Michael Hooper was just wearing his polo shirt and not training and obviously took a pick. A uh, number has picked up on that and just were uh, curious as to why. Um, didn't really get an answer until uh, the press conference when uh, the media manager just said before the press conference that Michael Hooper, who was on the bench originally, would be replaced by Luke Ann Salakai Loto, who comes into the 23, and Adam Coleman uh, will be replaced by Rob Simmons, who will make his... Uh, 100th test appearance, which is quite a nice story as well, considering that when you know he may not have made it, had he not been, he wasn't selected initially for the George game and might not have played the quarterfinal, and who knows about next year. But we're told that Hooper and uh, Coleman picked up niggles. Simon Ray-Louis was rather blunt when I asked him what those niggles were, but we're told that it's just general soreness. They watched the Fiji-Wales game on Wednesday night, knew that they were definitely in the quarterfinals and thought, well, what's the point of uh, risking guys who have niggles, etc. So I can understand that yeah. from their point of view. Uh, and so, yeah, a couple of late changes to the team against Georgia. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that. Why risk the guys and you actually do have a bit longer than usual? You've got a, what, an eight-day turnaround. Um, it's just that it's just that we're, we've, we've basically institutionalised to have deep, deep scepticism and suspicion of the word niggle, the, the vagaries around niggle and corks. Isn't it like? What does that really mean? Is there something? <laughs> is there something bigger at play? A niggle? No. Well, look. I mean, we all. I think we must have all put the kiss of death on hoops. We all wrote the stories about how um, unstoppable he was and how how robust and that he'd never, you know, had a major injury really, um, apart from a hamstring, the last couple of years. So. I really hope that is just a case of a niggle and the, you know, a bit of bit of a bone weary um, captain. Yeah, hey, potentially. So a bit of late drama here. I'm on a train that's being, uh, I thought it was going to be 45 minutes and everyone's just gone off it. So I don't know what's doing. <laughs> I'm probably uh, going to have to lose, leave it sooner than later uh, just so I don't end up on the streets tonight. Of uh, She's a woke. Oh, it's Even been though a it's pleasure as always, Tommy. Of course, of course. Gonna, but, um, uh, <laughs> you stay safe, mate. I will. Oh, I look, will. I was just going to, I was, yeah. And we will come to you. We promise not to miss another um, 
podcast. We heard from at least one reader anyway who said that they missed the, the, a new download on their on their morning commute. So sorry, guys, for that. That's a that's one Nathan Gilston, what a legend. Um, but um, we will be together again tomorrow, Tommy, uh, on Friday. So we'll come to you after the game from the stadium, uh, unless I'm sprinting for the last train out of that joint. Anyway, we'll work that all out as it happens. Thanks for listening, though, everyone. Figure it out, Tommy, and get to your hotel safe. Will do. See you tomorrow, Jake. Sayonara. <laughs>